welcome. <laughs> I feel so weird today. Why? I think I'm just tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I slept way too much today, so that's not my problem. But I think I'm a little actually hype. Oh, I think I'm a little hyper. I better get on your level. Yeah, with our coffee today. I'm Kelsey. I'm Bryn. And this is Crime. Cool. And coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that was not planned. No. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So today we are actually reviewing another coffee from Black River Roasters. We did their coffee review um, earlier in episode eight, I believe it was. Yeah. So make sure to listen back to episode eight if you want to know more about the dynamics kind of behind their company and what goes along with that because, like, their story basically. Yeah. Because we're not going to repeat everything we said, although we are going to get into it with how this coffee tastes and a little bit of other things about them. Yeah. So, yeah. This coffee is really good. Like we said in episode eight, they sent us two bags. So, this is the second bag. Um, we are really excited to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. And just for reference again, on Instagram, their handle is black underscore river underscore roasters and they're amazing we literally love them so much because we we've been in constant contact with them i think the last couple yeah. weeks they comment on our stuff it's and really nice to have their support yeah I feel like they actually care and it's yeah. really nice which is why it's important go back to episode eight and listen yeah. to the main stuff about their company yeah so today we're tasting the organic ethiopia uh, mm. coffee they sent us and they sent us a whole bag of ground coffee which was awesome this one is really good what do you th- what's your first what's your first thing so do we want to talk about like the undertones in it yeah so it says on their website this is a sweet and floral cup with notes of blueberry honey lavender and earl gray so delicious which you i mean i don't know i wouldn't think that those the the combination of those things is like common for coffee no definitely not and I feel like that's how the the combination in our last one too that was the one with like the peppercorn and the walnut yeah 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 that was an odd combination too but absolutely delicious yeah and I feel like this one it's almost weird it's coffee but it almost reminds me of tea yeah because of the earl grain yeah and the honey and just the flavoring of it so it's kind of like a coffee tea vibey thing going on and it literally i'm not kidding smells like blueberry muffins it's delicious like i was i just told brim before we started recording i was like close your eyes and smell this coffee (laughs) and she's like and picture blueberry when you do it (laughs) it smells like blueberry muffins yeah And it tastes, (coughs) I mean, you can really taste the blueberry. That's the initial taste I get. And then I do taste the hint of lavender underneath it right after the blueberry. Mm, And then the honey at the end, I feel like, oh my gosh. It's just so good. This is like, this is definitely like she said, a good like coffee tea mixture for like taste wise. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really like this one. Me too. Actually, I think this is one of my top faves. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. This is a good one. I could totally see, well, drinking this in the morning with, like, a scone or, or scone, oh. however you pronounce it. <laughs> I'm British, too. My grandma pronounced it scone. <laughs> My family pronounces it scone. But um, I feel like you could have it in the morning with a scone or you can have, enjoy it at night, like, curls up under blankets. Yum. So good. Yeah. And another cool thing about what's going on with their shop right now, actually, this episode should come out right around Christmas time, right before Christmas, actually. 
They have these really cute coffee gift baskets for the holidays, which one is an amazing way to support a small business. Mm-hmm. And two, I would want every single one of these gift bags. Like they're amazing. There's all different like cups of coffee or all different cups that you can get with it, like mugs and different ways to brew the coffee with um, multiple bags of coffee. I- I'm just... That's I- amazing. I know. I think I'm going to actually get one for one of my family members because I'm trying to shop local this Christmas. Definitely a great, great, great gift. Yeah. And for anyone who's wondering, again, where their shop is, we just want to throw out, it's in White House Station, New Jersey. Check them out. Yeah, definitely. They're... Their page, too, on their Instagram is just so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I love looking at pictures of coffee and stuff, and I know this has nothing to really do with the coffee, but their pictures just look delicious. They're doing a great job all around. Yeah. We love love you, Black River Roasters. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we done? Yeah. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right, people. (laughs) Okay, we're back. So, today's episode, we're really excited about. Woohoo! It is really different from what we've done. But we're pumped. Yeah. It is about, dun-dun-dun, Area 51. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really cool episode that we're going to do. We have a lot of cool stuff in here. Yeah, a lot of facts, too, about Area 51 itself to give you some background on the place or what we know of it. Yeah. So we're going to start off with a lot of history on it, actually. I thought this was one of the most interesting parts of researching. Definitely. Was the history. Like, Uh I didn't know. Me either. I had no idea. I literally just thought Area 51 aliens. That's that's the gist of what I knew. (laughs) And there's so much more. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the history here. Area 51 is a government-controlled piece of land highly classified, and it's the United States Air Force facility. It's located at Groom Lake, which is a dry lake bed in southern Nevada, which is about 85 miles away from Las Vegas, and it's roughly the size of fucking Connecticut. That in itself, (laughs) I was like, wait a second. I thought Area 51 was this, like, little, like, dirt Yeah, not, like, too small, but not the size of fucking Connecticut. It's huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. So it was actually built during the Cold War uh, when, the, when the United States were at war with the Soviet Union, and it was used as a testing and development facility for airplanes. They also used it for nuclear weapon testing, um, and there, it's not positive on if it was in surrounding areas or specifically at Area 51, but um, it was somewhere in the area they were doing nuclear weapon testing mm-hmm. as well. So, before World War II, this area was used for silver and lead mining. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Because if it's a dry lake bed... Was it dry then, though? Yeah, like, where like where was the mining? I have no idea. On this huge piece of land. Yeah. It's crazy. So crazy. On April 12th, 1955, CIA officer Richard Bissell, who was actually overseeing the development of the U-2 plane which is one of the planes that we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. He sees the site and thinks that it would be a great area for this testing that needs to be done on future aircrafts. And that's when it became known as Area 51. And actually, President Dwight Eisenhower suggested that somebody go out and look for a piece of land for this purpose. Yeah, he was on, like, an aerial scouting mission. Yeah. 
So, in July 1955, the CIA begins to use Area 51 to develop the high-altitude U-2, which is the plane that we were talking about earlier. So the U-2 spy plane is what the U.S. used to keep an eye on the growing nuclear threat of the Soviet Union. So this was basically like a plane that they flew over the Soviet Union. This was before satellites and Mm -hmm. everything that is what we have now was even existent back then. Right, and like normal planes were not flying as high as this. (laughs) This fucking plane flew... Seven th- or 70,000 feet high, which a normal airplane back then, maybe an Air Force airplane got to 40,000 feet. That's insane. This was 70,000 feet high, and it went 3,000 miles without refueling. And it also was able to carry 700 pounds of cameras to see the land and take pictures of it. That's incredible. Like, that had to have been a badass fucking airplane. Yeah, and to have been developed in... The 1950s, like, that is... Yeah. That's incredible. And not only was it, was all that stuff on it, but President Eisenhower decided to have this aircraft built, and they did it in eight months. Like, how is that even possible? And that shows what things can be made. Like, that was something that had never existed, and it was made in eight months. Right. I wonder what else could possibly be made in that time frame. Yeah. Like, that just, that's insane. It's crazy. And the budget that they had, the government-funded budget, was $22 million at the time, (laughs) which today, that would be around $207 million. Wow. For a budget for these airplanes. I mean, the president was also behind it, so he probably was just like, Here, here, do it. We need to step up in this war. Yeah, I'll approve this money. I'll approve this money. I'll approve this money. So the U-2 airplane was successful in uh, photographing the Soviet territory in 1956, but in 1960, it was actually shot down by the, in Soviet territory, and the U.S. was then forced to admit that they were spying. And meanwhile, they probably kept the plane and did analyzing right. of how it was built and made right. their own. <laughs> Unless it, like, completely exploded. But no, I don't think it did. I think it just went down because they actually yeah. recovered the pilot from it is what I read oh, somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, they definitely have that plane then and replicated it. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. So, in 1958, under the public land order of 1662, uh, the 38,400-acre land was, quote, withdrawn from public use by the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission, a predecessor to the U.S. Department of Energy. So, basically... No one was allowed to go on this land. Right. Whatsoever. That was, like, the first order of, like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Can't come here. Yeah. And we'll get into how they keep people away. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, November 1959, a radar test facility was established at Area 51. And December 22nd, 1961, the first A-12, which is an aircraft, arrives at Area 51. So all this shit is just happening, like... Quickly. So quickly. So quickly. They're bringing all the, the crazy stuff All these stuff planes in. and... Yeah. Yeah. So then the second aircraft, which was an SR-71 Blackbird, began flight testing in 1964. It was labeled the perfect spy plane. This plane flew 80,000 feet high and went, went yeah. like, greater than... Uh, 2100 miles per hour which is insane (laughs) which is so fucking fast 
And that's 10,000 feet higher than the previous the plane that they had built. Yeah. Which is, I mean, we thought the last one was insane. That's crazy. That's, I'm, I was mind blown reading this, to be honest. Honestly. Yeah. That this kind of technology was around then and, like, really nobody knew much about it. Right. So no one insane. even knew it existed. Like, that's how secret, that's how top secret this Area 51 project was back then. Right. And it kind of makes the mind go crazy because if we didn't know about that, well, if we didn't, I'm talking like I was alive back then. <laughs> if we didn't know. <laughs> if the people didn't know that that shit existed back then, what don't we know that exists right now? There? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm scared. <laughs> we'll hear 20, later, yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> So, in 1974, Skylab astronauts unknowingly took photos of Area 51. The images were reviewed by the National Photographic Interpretation Center and then removed from the rolls of film and stored in a vault. So, they were basically like, no. We're keeping There are no pictures of this area. Yeah. Yeah. August 26, 1976, the National Security Council's Committee on Foreign Intelligence approved the recommendation, quote, that management of Area 51 be transferred from CIA to Air Force by fiscal year 1978. So basically, I guess the CIA was in control of it first, and then mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we're transferring this to Air Force. Right. Then, moving on to January 30th, 1996... Uh, our president at that time was Bill Clinton. He signed a presidential determination exempting the, quote, Air Force's operating location near Groom Lake, Nevada, from any federal, state, interstate, or local hazardous or solid waste laws that might require disclosure of classified information concerning that location to unauthorized persons. So basically, uh, they didn't have to disclose anything to anyone And they didn't have to abide by any hazardous waste laws whatsoever. They could have whatever they wanted there and no one had to know about it. And nobody was allowed in to, like, basically... Check. Yeah. (laughs) They weren't allowed in to check. They weren't allowed to come in and and remove of it. Yeah. You could basically bring anything there and no one was allowed to know what it was. Which is terrifying. Yeah. And I had actually read, which I don't... Did you include anything on here about people getting sick? No. Okay, so I had actually read, and I didn't include it on here because there were just, like, a bunch of stories about it, and I didn't know if we wanted to delve into that on top of everything yeah. else, but basically there are there were workers that had gotten sick, some had died, mm-hmm. and a lot of these cases went back to hazardous material or bio... Biohazard? Yeah, biohazardous material working around it, caused them to die and every single and wives have brought like things to court over it yeah and basically every single one never made it anywhere because there was just reasons upon reasons why it because it didn't the government owns the court right oh my god yeah so i read articles with wives talking about their husbands and what yeah what happened I want to know what that hazardous waste was. Hazardous right. material. Right. And this was all covered up and because basically no one knew anything about what went on at Area 51, nothing could be brought to court because you can't be like, well, this is this and this is it. No, no. you don't know anything. It doesn't exist. Yeah. doesn't exist. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So then in April 2000, a Russian-built satellite revealed views of Area 51. 
And Area 51, as we mentioned, opened in 1955, but it, but its existence was acknowledged by the CIA in 2013. From 55 yeah. to 2013. So they were basically, like, hiding its existence, or people found out, they're like, no. Like, You're what crazy. the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And finally, in 2013, they acknowledged its existence. That's insane. Yeah. So, August 15th, 2013, it actually was, when the CIA published declassified documents that officially stated for the first time that Area 51 is a secret U.S. military site. Following a FOIA, which is the Freedom of Information Act, request filed in 2005. So, someone filed this request in 2005, and they didn't say anything about it until 2013. Who are you? Reveal yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever requested that file. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, finally, regarding our history, on December 8th, 2013, President Obama was the first president to mention Area 51 publicly. And this is actually, I read at some kind of, it was some kind of event where you have honorees and stuff, Mm -hmm. and the person he was honoring I forget if, I forget who she was. It was a woman, and apparently she was really into, like, extraterrestrial stuff and, um, like, this type of stuff, Mm -hmm. and he mentioned it while honoring her. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. As, like, part of her honoring. Wow. Yeah. I feel like them not mentioning it until, like, what, 2013, that it's even existing, that also adds to people's curiosity and, like, I feel like that's how things started. Like, rumors and crazy Got the ball stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you don't tell people what it is, they're going to want to know. Right. Regardless. Or they're going to make up their own shit to fill that void of what yeah. the hell is this. So that was a little bit about the history, which honestly blew my mind because mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. And now we'll move on to some weird facts about Area 51. These are cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, as we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this yet, actually. It's illegal to fly over Area 51. You can't enter the airspace without permission from air traffic control. But, like we said earlier, that Russia was able to see it on satellite. Um, It is now visible on satellite. Mm -hmm. So, it's just crazy that you physically cannot fly over the area. I read that if you want to fly over it, like what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. There are certain people that can fly over it. Wow. You have to get permission from air control. Oh my god. And I'm assuming if you do without permission, they would probably just shoot you down. Right. I was just thinking, like, what if you're a private pilot that's like... And you don't realize that you're there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you wouldn't have to know. Yeah. But like, holy shit. Oh yeah, I'm flying over this space that's the size of Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) Oh my god, we're in Area 51. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming they would just shoot you down. Or they'd go over your radio first, like, get the hell out of this area. (laughs) Are you American citizens? (laughs) It's like the guy in Home Alone. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) You have ten seconds. (laughs) To get your ugly, yellow, (laughs) something. Okay, so... There's actually armed guards that patrol the perimeter of Area 51. They're security contractors known as, quote-unquote, camo dudes. (laughs) I laughed out loud because I'm like, that's, like, fake. It's like G.I. Joe. That's, like, yeah, and that's, like, a joke. Like, (laughs) oh, get out the camo dudes. Like, literally. It's such a secretive 
space, but you but, have men called the camo dudes and securing honestly, it. They literally they wore camouflage and rode around in white unmarked pickup trucks. And if they saw anyone getting close to the perimeter, they would basically go up and make sure that they did not come in. Yeah. Some say that there's actually sensors on the road so that the security team is alerted when somebody comes up or comes close to the facility, which is scary. Yeah. Um, Some also say that they've been approached at the entrance of Area 51 and they were threatened and intimidated to leave. And any trespassers are actually arrested and fined. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, I read a story of somebody saying that they went up to the entrance and the camo dudes (laughs) threatened them. Oh, my God. And were really intimidating. Oh. Yeah. All righty, then. So, the CIA actually encouraged UFO and alien stories in order to manage the secrecy of what happened at Area 51. So, basically, like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, aliens. say aliens, aliens. That but works. Maybe they're also doing that to like make people reverse think psychology. That, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And employees used airplanes or use airplanes to get in and out of the facility, which is insane. Yeah. This is where I'm saying, obviously they have a, they've been approved by air control. Yeah. To fly in and out. And actually, a secret airline carries passengers to and from the site on nonstop flights every day. So somebody's job is to, or multiple Be a people, secret pilot. <laughs> to be a secret pilot to fly them in and out of Area 51. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And those people, imagine you're driving to work every morning and you have to first go to this secret place to fly a plane out to get to your work every day, and then you're working at a secret place. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. What do you tell your wife? <laughs> oh, honey, going to Area 51 for today. Be back no, later. he's probably like, gotta go work at the gas station. Did you pack my cheese sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the base has runways up to 12,000 feet long. Crazy. Yeah. And it's next to two other restricted military areas, which are called the Nevada Test Site, where U.S. nuclear weapons were tested from the 1950s to the 1990s. And the Nevada Test and Training Range. And Area 51 is actually contained within this site. Yeah. And it's... Area 51 is referred to as different things. They have, like, nicknames for it. Just, like, the camo dudes or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Area 51 is referred to as Paradise Ranch in the past. And in order to make the facility sound more attractive to its employees, basically. Yeah. They're like, like, oh, come come to Paradise Ranch. Yeah. Where everything is fine. Whose idea was that? (laughs) Yeah. Was it Eisenhower's idea? You can soak in the nuclear waste. (laughs) (laughs) But don't tell anyone. Yeah, we will rub. We will rub your skin for you. (laughs) You have to be invited. (laughs) Yeah. Invitation only to Paradise (laughs) Ranch. And make sure to bring your robe. Ew. (laughs) Uh, So then, it was then shortened to the ranch, I guess. They wanted to make it sound cooler. I don't know. Other nicknames include Watertown, Dreamland, Red Square, The Box, and Detachment 3. Those are all terrifying. Yeah. Detachment 3. The Box. (laughs) I don't like The Box. Red Square? Excuse me? That's so weird. I don't... And Dreamland. Why Dreamland? I don't know. It sounds like... What is Is Michael Jackson's place called? (laughs) What's his place? Tomorrowland? Wasn't that it? Something like that. Or is that... No, that's part of Disney World. 
tomorrow i have no neverland neverland ranch that's what it is that's yeah they copied michael jackson (laughs) yeah but like dreamland that makes me that makes part of me think is there a section of area 51 where they have people in like dream state and they're doing like weird lucid dreaming tests oh my god ew like they're in like tanks or something yeah oh like the oa yeah we should talk about that. and they're making them have NDAs Mm. or NDEs, near-death experiences, and bringing them back. And the OA is a really, really good Netflix series. We've been okay. This is how much we loved it. (laughs) No, this is sick. We were on vacation in Florida, and we decided, oh, like one night we're just gonna watch it. Whatever, we'll try it out. We binged it the entire vacation. Like there was days where it was like. We were like, should we go outside today? <laughs> we were in Florida. So bad. <laughs> On vacation. It was really good, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad. If anyone has any connections, I'm so mad season two, it was canceled after season yeah, two. There was so it. much more to be done with that show. If anyone has any connections in the business. <laughs> bring back the OA. Yeah. Pick up this show. Bring it back. It was so good. Britt Marling is a genius. So good. I don't know who that is. She's the girl in the OA, and she's the creator of the show. She I don't know. OA. I don't know names. Oh well, Brendan literally knows every single famous person's name. Like she could just be like, "Oh, you mean this person that's in this movie and this movie?" <laughs> no. I'm like Jesus Christ. No, I just I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Back to it. So, you might be wondering what happens in Area Fifty One today. The answer is, who the fuck knows? (laughs) This is what the government wants you to think, I guess. Yeah. So, it's believed to be U.S. military. It's one of their top facilities to actually, like, build the aircrafts and the weapons of war that they've done in the past. They also build drones, which is kind of cool. And terrifying. Yeah, at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we already mentioned that, so apparently that's still going on. They're building these aircrafts and weapons. I actually read somewhere that somebody said that what goes on in Area 51, like, the technology is 50 years advanced. Yeah, we have that later on. Oh, really? We have that later on, yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I read that in a different article. Um, military will actually train foreign fighters there sometimes, allowing the troops to practice on rough, remote terrain out of sight of the public. So it kind of gives them, like, a... Little... Secret space. To practice, mm-hmm. yeah. 1,500 people are believed to work there, which is crazy. How do they all get onto that airplane every day? Hmm. Secrecy around Area 51 led to many conspiracy theories, obviously. Which and, we're kind of getting into. Yeah. And the main one is aliens. The alien theory actually came up. Um, Area 51 is rumored to have alien spacecraft and bodies of the beings that flew after it crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947. So, it brought back to not only study the extraterrestrials, but for, quote-unquote, reverse engineering experience experiments to replicate the spacecraft. So, so that's why they brought back the yeah, spacecraft. They brought it back to reverse engineer it. Yeah. Uh, probably what the Russians did to the plane that crashed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. They, like, rebuilt it. Yeah. The U.S. government says that there were no aliens and the crash was actually a weather balloon. Hmm. I called bullshit on that. Yeah. In 1994, the government revealed that the object was a nuclear surveillance balloon, so they lied, first of all. 
and said that it was a weather balloon. And then they're like, oh, wait, it was a nuclear surveillance balloon. Like, this will be more believable because the people didn't know we were making this. Yeah. People that actually saw the debris where it crashed on a sheep farm said that it looked nothing like something that came from Earth. A weird thing to add in there is that one of the people, remember how I mentioned there were people who got really, really sick? Mm-hmm. One of the people were tested after, I think it was after they passed or while, yeah, it was after they passed, and whatever was found in their body did not come from this planet. What? It was nothing they've ever seen before. See, like, which all is of odd, this stuff. Which is just really odd. It's just all weird stuff. Yeah. So then September 8th, 1994, the U.S. Air Force issues a report stating that the wreckage recovered in Roswell, New Mexico... In July of the pre or of 1947, often referred to as the Roswell incident, consisted of smashed part of a balloon, sensors, and radar reflexor- reflectors from a classified government project called Project Mogul. Hmm. So the reason that it looks so foreign is because it was a secret project that they were. Which could be true, but which could also be them bullshitting and be like, "Well, let's make this let's, believable. Let's shut them up." Yeah. 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 You know. So then in June, or sorry, on June 17th, 1959, the Reno Evening Gazette published a story with the headline, More Flying Objects Seen in Clark Sky. (laughs) (laughs) This article described how Sergeant Wayne Anderson, which was a local, he was a local sheriff officer, um, was among several locals to spot what the paper described as an object, quote, bright green in color, and descending toward the earth at a speed too great to be an airplane. Ew. Yuck. So then, which actually is weird because I saw, did I ever tell you this? Yeah. Last year? hmm I saw this, and I was with my friends. <laughs> I know I wasn't seeing things. We both saw it. It was this bright green thing that flew through the sky, and it was really fast. It almost looked like a shooting star, but it was big and bright and green. And I looked it up and it was a something, they call it a something fireball, maybe a green fireball. Oh, yeah. Something like that. You told me that. Because I was like, we slammed on our brakes. We're like, did we just say a UFO? <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So... An outlet also reported that the Nealis Air Force Base, which was 130 miles south of Area 51, had received two previous reports in the past three weeks of UFO sightings. I read somewhere, too, that, or maybe I watched a video of it, they were basically explaining these UFO sightings to people as, oh, it was probably just a shooting star. Like, they knew that it was, like, what was going on in the facility, but they were just like, hmm, just like an act of nature. It's like, bitch, I know what a shooting star looks yeah. like. Yeah, like, come on. Come on. And many claim to see UFOs at or near the site. Some say they have been abducted by aliens and experimented on before returning to Earth, which there's actually on the new Unsolved Mysteries, I think it was in season one. Yeah, it was. There's an episode mm-hmm. about a guy people talking who, about yeah like a he, town what yeah. happened in a town with alien abduction that one is a really good episode yeah so watch that everybody mm-hmm. and one article mentioned that it is easy to understand why there may be potential ufo sightings near the area because the following can look like a ufo here we go yeah this is what they say <laughs> yeah whether it's true or not no one will know stealth bombers slash drones decoy flares weapon 
weapons tests and military training exercises. How can a military training exercise look like a UFO? What with the planes, the I jet, no. the fighter jets? I don't know. And it's just weird. And fun fact, in June 2019, a poll conducted by YouGov found that 54% of US adults think that is think that it is likely the government knows more than it is telling about UFOs. So half of America thinks that. <laughs> thinks that the government is knows hiding more aliens. than it's telling about UFOs. <laughs> yeah. Great. In 2012, funding for the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Sorry, these are a lot of big words, but that's our government. The Pentagon's secret UFO office ends. The office spent $22 million over five years collecting and analyzing what they considered, quote, Anomalous aerospace threats. And I put, what <laughs> is this? What is this? $22 million for years of collecting. Five years. Five years. $22 million over five years. Anomalous aerospace threats. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? Aliens don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> like... What? Funding, okay, first of all, this program was the Pentagon's secret UFO office. And it was ended. Why does the Pentagon have a secret UFO office if aliens don't exist? It ended. Don't know. Why did the office, where? Where did $22 million go in five years? In five years. They were giving some to the aliens, I think, maybe. And- Anomalous aerospace threats. Is there something the world needs to know? A hundred percent. If you need to spend $22 million on anomalous aerospace threats. What does that mean? A threat. Like an alien. Yeah, like something out there that they're possibly considering to be a threat yeah i just don't get why it had to be like secret and why and why did you spend that much money investigating or protecting us from something Mm -hmm. that's like fucking scary i can't even think about it terrifying okay i'm gonna gonna have nightmares tonight (laughs) july 11th 2019 more than 1.5 million people say they will attend a facebook event titled Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. <laughs> I can't. They want to raid Area 51 to see them aliens. <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> the post states for people to run onto the site on September 20th, 2019 at 3 o'clock a.m. So this was created by a 21-year-old college student named Maddie Roberts. <laughs> Shout out, Maddie. <laughs> I have like, to mention his name. I wonder if he fucking did this as a joke at first, or if he was thousand percent. Like did. maybe, or maybe he just like really likes aliens, and he's like, I need to know what's in Area Fifty One, <laughs> and these random people are gonna help me. Maddie, if you if you hear this somehow, Instagram us and let us know your thought process. <laughs> Little did he know, it blew the fuck up. Yeah. So within days, the Facebook event had more than one million RSVPs. <laughs> oh my god. About two hundred people ended up showing outside the gates. Wow. Big turnout. <laughs> 200 people out of 1 million. Well, okay, that's at the gates, but there's more. You guys are, like, legit. <laughs> so this happened three months after Joe Rogan's interview. Oh, my God, Joe Rogan. We yeah. love Joe Rogan. So good. Timo loves Joe Rogan. 
after Joe Rogan's interview with Lazar, which we'll, we'll get into, him. Lazar is a person. So he had an interview with Lazar on his podcast, and the FBI <laughs> visited Maddie Roberts, <laughs> and he ended up spinning the event to be a music festival in the desert they would call Alien Stock. <laughs> Like, Woodstock. I was laughing out loud when I was typing this shit. Alien stuff. Oh, my God. My chest hurts. (laughs) (laughs) The next part. The next part's even better. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, the town of Rachel, where Alien Stock was to take place, had a population of 54 people. Next year, I'm going to make one called Alien Chella. <laughs> like Coachella. Yeah. Um, so it had a population of 54 people and couldn't hold thousands of UFO. <laughs> UFOlogists. That's what they're called. Oh my god, I'm sorry if I'm laughing in someone's profession. UFOlogists. Yeah. So, obviously couldn't hold this many people, and so Maddie... Backed out, said he didn't want a Firefest repeat. <laughs> Firefest 2.0. <laughs> he's like, fuck, I better back out now. He's like, because... I cannot be like Ja Rule. My reputation cannot be ruined on college I can't campus. have thousands of people <laughs> dying in a desert. <laughs> Waiting for aliens. Mm. So Bud Ro- Budweiser offered to sponsor this event for free, but... If they relocated to downtown Las Vegas, which kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, they were like, you have to move it and we'll sponsor you. Yeah. And there was also a small festival in the desert as originally planned. Oh. <laughs> Kelsey put in parentheses. So everyone knows I'm our lives. You can't cry. You can't see what she wrote. Kelsey wrote in parentheses. <laughs> Showbrin pick from guy eating at the festival. <laughs> so we'll make sure to post this on the I'm page because obviously it was an important picture. <laughs> so this is the guy at the festival. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, <laughs> he's literally. Let me describe to you. He uh-huh. has he has green makeup all over his face. He's it's obviously come full circle. I just I gagged over this ten like before we started <laughs> the podcast. He's dressed as an alien. And he's eating, <laughs> he's eating Chef Boyardee raviolis out of a can. Probably fucking cold. Which literally makes me want to throw up. I'm gonna gag. I'm but gonna gag. <laughs> I'm gonna I gag. that I put that in there. I'm gonna gag on our podcast. <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh god. <laughs> okay, I hate Chef Boyardee and I hate SpaghettiOs and cold, that's just, I, I can't. I Ravioli. Can't th- I can't even think about it. Okay, oh, moving on. Sorry, sorry, everybody. <laughs> July 12th, 2019, Laura McAndrews, who is an Air Force spokesman, says that government officials are aware of the Facebook event. She says, Area 51 is an open trading range for the U.S. Air Force, and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American armed forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Meaning, if you step foot on our property, we kill you. <laughs> We're gonna fucking put you in a hole where no one will find you. Or, or bring you, you into Area 51 where no one can touch you. Ever. Right. How fucking That's, crazy. like, actually terrifying. That's so threatening. I mean, I'm glad... I'm glad our country... Is protected. And our forces 
are ready and willing to protect, but... But, like, what I don't get is who gets to make the decision that American people should not be aware of what's happening on American territory. Yeah. Like, I get that it's secretive and it's for... I guess because they don't want it leaking outside of America. Yeah, I know. Or into the wrong hands in America. But at the same time... They could have worded that differently. A little bit. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. That's just threatening. Yeah. Like, that's scary. It's crazy. So, UFO sighting investigations date back to 1947 and include focused studies like Project Blue Book, which is, this is crazy. Project Blue Book covered the first reported record of alleged alien abduction in 1961, which is like... That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Project Blue Book ended in 1969, and the Air Force had investigated over 12,000 claims. That's insane. Yeah. And, like, did they investigate? They were probably just a government Or were they, like, facility. no, no, honey. Yeah. You saw You saw a weather balloon. Right. They were, like, telling you that you're, like, okay, you. this is what you think you saw. Mm-hmm. Right. So, U-2, which is the plane that we talked about earlier, began flying at above 60,000 feet. Some military crafts at the time hit about 40,000 feet, which is what I talked about earlier. So, they claim that these new airplanes looked like specks in the sky, and that's how they were trying to rationalize what people were seeing. But when people are seeing UFOs, they're not saying, oh my god, I saw a little speck in the sky. Yeah. Some people that have described stories, like the like the people on Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. have said the thing was so big they could not see a beginning or an end to it. Yeah. That's not a speck in the sky. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, I think it's just them kind of bullshitting it. I mean, yeah, and also, who knows if those people are telling the truth right. on TV, but, or on the show, but just saying, like... Right. There was also increased number of UFO sighting reports... Sightings occurred most during early evening hours. They claimed it could be a reflection of wings from the, like, off the wings of the aircrafts from the sun. Mm. Which, like, mm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Depending on what you believe. Right. Believers and skeptics frequent that the area and small surrounding towns, alien-themed museums, restaurants, motels, parades, and festivals. Which, I would love to go to that. I have a bunch of pictures of them, actually, all the different, like, um... They have an alien inn, and yeah. it's like a hotel. They have a bunch of cool things. I took pictures, or I put, I'll post the pictures of them on our Facebook like we always do, but... I hope we get to experience some of this stuff in our lifetime. I know. They definitely took advantage of the fact that people think there's, like, alien... Or that they believe that there's aliens. Yeah, there. it probably brings money. Like, from tourists, probably brings money into their town. Yeah. 54 people. And- <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> oh, God. So... Let's get into some stories. Crazy. Some stories behind Area 51. So in 1989, scientist Robert Lazar, we mentioned him before. Mm -hmm. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He claimed he worked on alien technology in Area 51. He is now seen as a cult figure in the UFO circles. With the ufologists. (laughs) (laughs) The ufologists bow down to Robert Lazar. (laughs) You'll see why. Yeah. So, he said he saw medical photos of aliens and the government used the facility to examine UFOs, as we mentioned in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He said there were nine flying saucers at the facility. One looked to have been hit with a projectile because there was a hole in the top and the bottom. There were really small chairs inside, which... 
That's weird because usually aliens are portrayed as like big, bigger than us. He said they were like there was like tiny furniture and like he's like that's when it hit me. Are you sure they didn't work? (laughs) They didn't make a replica. This is of the what they version. had in another room. You I don't like, know. But he said that's when it hit me. Like this wasn't something that we were working on for the government. Like this was, this was extraterrestrial. Like, it was maybe it was just like a module though. Yeah, I don't know. Because I would think aliens would at least be human size if they existed. Why would they be? I mean, not that I, I'm acting like I know about aliens. <laughs> I'm guessing. But why would they be like so tiny that they need tiny furniture and stuff? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So, some saucers and discs were taken apart to examine. Lazar claimed to be working with physicists trying to back-engineer a downed alien spacecraft. So, again, this is someone back-engineering this stuff. Trying to figure out, like, how it was built. Right. Which, I don't understand how they would be able to do that because if something's coming from another planet, I would assume it's made with things that we don't have on our own planet. Yeah. So how would they back engineer something when they don't even know what, what some of those mechanisms or right metals are? Like that doesn't unless know. we're a lot similar to these extraterrestrial beings than we to think. the planet that it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Lazar lied about his educational background. He had made up degrees and past work experiences, which kind of made people skeptical of yeah, him. they're like, okay, this guy is a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theorist John Lear, who was also a pilot and heir to the Learjet fortune, said that aliens were being held and studied in underground camps and the government fed them abducted children <laughs> and mutilated cattle. <laughs> what? Uh, um, I don't... I, I would Where hope... Where do you get these stories? I would hope that... Abducted al- If aliens exist, they don't eat children and cattle. No. Why mutilated cattle? God. Can't they just be normal? <laughs> this is just so odd. And so John Lear also said the facility was built with the assistance of aliens themselves. What? <laughs> okay. And he described them to be tall specimens he called greys. Like, I, G-R-E-Y-S. I'm literally picturing, like, Slender Man. Yeah, so they called them greys because many aliens were described as tall, which, again, I don't understand the little... The small furniture. Yeah. Tall, gray, with big eyes. Yeah. That's, like, the typical thing Theory. people were saying about aliens. Yeah, so they're called greys. And in 1987, Lear described Area 51 as one of this... Na- one of this nation's most secret test centers. Which is like, I don't know, Accurate, you gotta think but... these people, like, know something. I don't know. Yeah, and like, I don't want to bash anyone that's ever worked there because clearly they've seen shit. And they can't and, talk about it. Yeah, and they can't talk about it. And props to the ones who have come forward and maybe some of this stuff is true, but then there's also those... Like the dramatized Wackadoodles stuff. out there that... <laughs> that come forward you know so yeah. how do you distinguish reality from, from a bullshit yeah from a wackadoodle <laughs> reality versus wackadoodle <laughs> okay so here's another story the legend of j-rod <laughs> <laughs> who named and this alien j-rod i'm just sounds like a baseball player i know or like wasn't there a rod that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally what i'm picturing yeah head. okay so this quote-unquote gray, which is what the aliens were called back then, according to John Lear, mm-hmm. he said 
that there was an alien named J-Rod who allegedly survived a UFO crash in Kingman, Arizona in the early 1950s, and the government took him to Area 51. I don't know about this. Mm. Dan Birch, who was a microbiologist who worked for the Defense Intelligence Agency, first reported this story. Said that he, he said that he worked at Area 51 at the runway section of the base. He also said that the government had him take the tissue samples from the captured alien, and J-Rod and Birch became friends. <laughs> so J-Rod's the alien, just to remind you. <laughs> J-Rod and this microbiologist, um, Birch, became friends over the course of the two years he worked on the project. I would hope that I could become friends with an alien Same. if they came here, you know? J-Rod sounds cool. According, <laughs> <laughs> according to Dan, J-Rod communicated with him through quote-unquote shared consciousness, telling him stories about J-Rod's civilization and past. J-Rod showed that his race inhabited Earth thousands of years ago, but they were forced to leave due to global natural catastrophes. I can't talk today. Oh my god. Yeah. The Greys wanted, quote-unquote Greys, wanted to return to Earth to build relationships with humans and recover some genetic variants through human DNA. I hope global natural catastrophe, building relationships with humans. I hope that wasn't the first <gasps> pandemic. Oh my god, it's happening. They're I'm coming scared. to recover human DNA. Well, they seem nice. Hopefully, if they do, if they were to come back, they could bring everything. They can make everything better because they would yeah. have known how to. True. Fix they things from the past. The yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, and maybe J-Rod they're light years cool. ahead of us with things. Yeah. Yeah, J-Rod. He's cool. <laughs> I, I re- actually read, it said according to Dan slash J-Rod communicated. Mm-hmm. I read that as according to Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so Dan Birch says that he saved J-Rod by taking him to uh, words that I don't know how to say. How do you say that? Abedos, Abedos, maybe in Egypt, and sending J Rod through the natural, quote unquote, star portal. And that's basically when everyone was like, "Dan Birch, you're full of shit." <laughs> <laughs> like, where is the star portal? I want to go. He apparently in Egypt. so he he's saying he abducted the alien, took, took him, him to Egypt, and sent him through him. a portal. <laughs> To save him. But I thought yeah. they were friends, so I don't know why he would be saving him. I don't know. I, I guess, guess from Area 51. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it was a little bit believable. Like, I could see this shared consciousness thing. If it, if like communication al- Like, aliens being able to do that, but the whole Egypt and Star Portal and shit. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's a little bit much, Dan. <laughs> Dan, you should have stopped. You should have stopped. At the building relationships with humans and recovering. <laughs> we had your back until then. Yeah. <laughs> So an anonymous source claim, he, who was claimed to have worked at the top secret Area 51 project told author Annie Jacobson that a Nazi doctor surgically enlarged the heads of abducted teenagers to make them resemble aliens. This whole thing, this whole section Kelsey's about to read, it's I was disturbing. like, it's not only disturbing... But it better be. It better be fake. It better fucking be fake. So ba- basically what they're saying is that this Nazi doctor abduct- took abducted children. Teenagers. Teenagers. Enlarged their brains, their heads, to make them look like aliens. And then the source said that it was ordered by Joseph Stalin, 
who forced the teenagers to pilot flying saucers over the U.S. as the Cold War as a Cold War scare tactic. So this is during, like Stalin's reign. Yeah, like they were to scare the United States into thinking that these were aliens. Meanwhile, these people had mutilated these teenagers. Yeah, which I really fucking I'm hope, hope this is I'm, false. I'm ninety nine percent sure this is fake. It has to be. It has to. But the one percent of me is like, please be fake. Please be fake. (laughs) But I think this part is not true. I feel like it can't be because it said the fake alien teens crash landed in New Mexico, which was the Roswell incident that we talked about earlier with the weather balloons. Mm -hmm. If there was a fucking teenager with a giant head that landed in a sheep farm. I'm laughing because it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Somebody would have said something. Yeah. They just talked about how weird, like, the material was that was found. No giant headed people. So, I think that one's, I think that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a lie. Uh. There's also rumors of labyrinth underground military compounds in the desert, which is terrifying. You know, it's so weird because before we put this in here, mm-hmm. that's how I've always pictured Area 51. Like an underground labyrinth? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ew. And I don't know why, but I've always thought of it as, as like, you see a little bit above ground, but then there's, like, intricate things that, t- kind of like Stranger Things, there's, like, mm. intricate things underground, like, ma- like mazes and mazes oh. of stuff underground. I've always just thought of it that way. I don't know why. Well, it's also rumored to have a 40-story underground bunker, which Lazar said was true. That's disgusting. 40 stories underground. That's terrifying. There was also rumors of weather-modifying weather technology that was being worked on in Area 51. So, basically, this would be used by the United States as a weapon of war <clears throat> sorry, in other countries by basically being able to control the weather, so causing a drought in one area, mm-hmm. which is like... Tsunami in another. Right. So I don't know how true that is, but that I was one of the rumors. I hope that's not true. <clears throat> that is scary. You can't mess with that kind of stuff. I don't see how you'd be able to control Mother Nature. I'm sorry. I know. I think that's that that's a I think it's also a bullshit. Yeah. But there was meetings or joint undertakings with extra extraterrestrials... The development of weather control, time travel, and teleportation technology, which we had talked a little bit about. But, like, teleportation, I really hope they figure that out because I need that. I was going to (laughs) say, I'd love to teleport or travel back in time, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't mind those two. No. I feel like there has to be some kind of machine by now that does those things. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that wouldn't be released to the public because... People horrible, yeah, horrible people can misuse that. Yeah, I agree. So, underground facilities at Groom or at Papoose Lake, which was 8.5 miles south, claims of extra, of transcontinental underground railroad systems. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> this is These are just all rumors of what was going on mm-hmm. near or at Area 51 still. Disappearing airstrip nicknamed the Cheshire Airstrip, Airstrip, Lewis Carroll's Cheshire Cat, briefly appears when water is sprayed onto the camouflage asphalt and engineering based on alien technology. So, basically, water would be sprayed on this thing. Yeah. And a whole entire airstrip would appear for planes to land and then it disappears. Oh. Based on alien technology. 
Interesting. I was wondering and it, what that the meant. Cheshire cat, he disappears. So I guess that's why, like from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I guess why that's why they, why they named, it, named that. it that. He disappears. Okay. That's like cool, but kind of scary. I know. Like all this technology could actually be a thing. If yeah. they're saying that we're, what's going on at Area 51 is 50 years advanced from where we are now. Yeah, I'm about to get to that. Like what? Yeah. So <laughs> Michael... Schrat or Scrat, a former aeronautical engineer at Area 51, says there are no aliens at the base. He claims Area 51 houses experimental technologies that are at least 50 years ahead of anything currently in use. That is crazy. Which, it's weird. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. That, I mean, not just at Area 51, but in general, there's technology that is years and years and years ahead and we won't see it for another like 10 years i can see why they wouldn't release it though like could you imagine the horrible things people could do with these like types of things yeah but i mean even with cell phones and stuff i'm sure some cell phones are like telegraphic yeah and wi-fi i'm sure wi-fi was probably created like five to ten years before we even got it on our phones you know so quote from michael Shrat or Scrat, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Things you saw in Star Wars and Star Trek, we've been there, done that, and either put it to use or realized that it is not worth the effort. <laughs> what? So, how do you become an employee at Area 51? <laughs> years and years. Like, I yeah. don't know what they're doing there. I, I feel like they definitely have like levitating things oh yeah and hoverboards and stuff like that that's probably how they get around they probably fuck around in area 51 all day on like hoverboards and we think like those little wheelie things yeah now are cool yeah what are those things are they're called hoverboards right the little wheel things that you people ride on i don't know i'm just thinking of heelys the wheel the rollerblades and the sneakers (laughs) (laughs) that was the 90s (laughs) i still i want a pair i want another pair i used to have a pair um, so many believe the U.S. government has gone to extreme methods like kidnapping or assassination to protect what goes on at Area 51. And again, this is just a theory. It's a, can be a conspiracy theory. We're not saying this is true. We're just reading <laughs> what we found. Yeah. Rumors that anyone who come, who came close to discovering the real purpose of Area 51 died under mysterious circumstances or were persuaded to stay silent aka threats and pressure from the government which again we're just repeating what we read yeah and this goes along with what i said before with the people getting sick and Mm -hmm. yeah nothing could really be done about it and then unknown government agents have raided homes and confiscated material of people involved in investigating area 51 which could you imagine i could totally picture that happening Mm mm-hmm and it's like a movie though yeah but it's like what did they have or what did they know yeah and And how do they know they know right that's that's scary that's scary in itself right actually they have we're gonna post this along with all of our resources like we always do but there's actually a couple movies that were based or loosely around what goes on at area 51 or the theories around what goes on at area 51 Mm mm-hmm and it's Independence Day and the X-Files. I used to love the X-Files. That's a series, like a TV series, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to love that show. Independence Day is a movie, but we also are going to attach to our resources 
There's one interview with Robert Lazar from a while ago, and there's a couple other videos, one kind of describing what goes on at Area 51, and then one talking about the deaths of the workers that worked at Mm -hmm. Area 51. Yeah. And, I mean, to kind of sum it up, wait, what do you think? What I think happens there? No, like, what do you feel with aliens and stuff, whether it be there or in general? I think Area 51 is not, doesn't contain aliens. I think that it is for future technology and, like, this crazy shit that we're not allowed to understand or see or hear about. Mm-hmm. And I think aliens are so far advanced than we are, and they know what's going on, and, like, they're just, like, waiting for us to catch up, kind of. And they wouldn't get caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so you believe in aliens? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, or at least, even if it's not alien whatever you like, consider an alien. Right. Their hat, like, life another forms. life form, because we're not the only ones in the universe, you know? No, and I feel like you'd be, like, crazy to think that we were the only planet that has life forms. Something I read when I was teaching, which literally blew my mind to a point where my kids were like, why are you going on about this? And I'm like, do you understand they were probably like, <laughs> what I just, the epiphany I just had? And then my one kid was like, oh my god. Oh my god, because what we read basically that it was in a story we read. So I wasn't looking up this stuff to to teach them, okay? It was in a story we read in a book provided by the school. Okay. And it talked about something like get with a galaxy and it was basically like it's hard to explain over a podcast right now but I'm gonna try my best she's hand motion <laughs> it was basically like here's our galaxy yeah and in our galaxy there's um what's it called like we have black holes yeah we have um the the milky way we have the what's the longer one um I forget there's like a strip and it, Basically, they said, within this, you could see other little galaxies. So, within our galaxy, you are more galaxies and more galaxies and more galaxies within ours. Oh, my God. So, imagine what's outside of ours. Just our galaxy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I have to show you a picture of it. If I can find this picture, I will post it so everyone can see because I literally looked at it and I was just like, this... I, I can't. How far away do you think the United States, or the world is for that matter, to discovering other life forms? Very far. Yeah, I think so too. Very far. I wish we could see it. I know. But I, I think, think it's we're really going to see it away. in our lifetime, to be honest. I know. Unless they were to come here. True. I don't think, I don't think our planet, and I, uh, I hate to like, I hope no one listening is involved in the study of stuff, because props to you if you are, and I'm not saying that, I'm not demeaning your job, but Mm -hmm. I think our planet is nowhere near that, but other life forms who maybe are more advanced are capable of coming here. And mm-hmm. just maybe don't want to yet. Maybe they see how shitty people can be. Yeah. And they're like, if we came to, um, like, to the, to Earth, we would probably hurt them. 
Yeah. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah. Well, especially, like, look how people treat each other these days, Mm. you know? And not only with the stuff we cover on this podcast, but in general, friends turning against friends, family turning against family, and... They're probably like, we don't want anything to do with those people. If we're capable of treating our own kind that way, how do you think people would react to people or to life forms that are different? That's not even... Like, look how we treat prisoners of war. Yeah. Let alone another life form from a different Look at the whole situation with mother or mothers being separated from their children with Mm. with deportation and stuff like that that this is our own kind yeah how do you think if something did come down here even if they like looked like us but acted a little different like maybe they would talk like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) if they would talk a little different or maybe they would look the way we picture alien in quotes alien life forms how the hell yeah (laughs) We probably wouldn't even, well, I'm saying we, I would not be a part of this. (laughs) (laughs) People probably wouldn't even greet them and try to see if they're kind or not. They'd probably be automatically greeted with weapons or put, yeah. Like in a holding cell. Like War of the Worlds. I mean, those things you could tell, that movie, you, you could tell those things were evil right away, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'd be given the chance, and maybe they're aware of that, and that's why, that, like, they don't... They're like, we're staying the fuck away from like, those people. You people are fucking insane. <laughs> we have a very peaceful planet, <laughs> yeah. and we're not coming Which there. is sad, because, not to sound like a crazy person, but if they are out there, maybe they would have had the solution for everything going on right now. Maybe they have it, and they're like, maybe if these people... <laughs> yeah. Maybe if these people... We have the coronavirus vaccine. No, but, like, to make every... Yeah, not, like, a specific vaccine, but to make everything just stop with that. Maybe it's a simple solution and they have it and they would have... And if we were kinder to each other... I don't know. You know? You never know. That's what's crazy. I think that's what's fascinating to most people about it, too, and was... This is why all the rumors came about this Area 51, because there was room for imagination because the government wasn't providing any details at all. Right. Well, it's just, like, people... A lot of people are afraid of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But I think probably a lot of our listeners, Mm -hmm. you're fascinated by the unknown. I love this kind of stuff. Me too. And... Because I'm fascinated by it. And I think that it also takes an open mind to... Think about Think it. about that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. DM us what you think. DM us what you think. Maybe we'll make a poll after this episode comes out. Are aliens real? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. And and if you guys want us to cover more episodes like this about aliens, we could try to find specific cases, yeah. like abduction cases or whatever. Or stories. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh,. I mean, we like this kind of stuff, but obviously we want you, you might to be like different. it. We can't just sit here and talk about shit you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know. We really, really, really have been appreciating the feedback we're getting. We actually have a few cases that we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, soon. suggestions, which yeah. we love. Like, every time we get a suggestion, we kind of freak out. We're like, oh my god, did you see what that person said? We yeah. have to do it. Yeah. And again, we just appreciate everyone's support with our merch yeah in general 
posting on your stories and stuff about our podcast and telling your friends and family. It's, like, so important because we really do love doing this and Mm -hmm. we hope that... We want to keep doing it. I know. I... I look forward to recording every single week. Me too. Yeah. It's like the best part of the week, honestly. Yeah. So much fun. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. See you guys next week. Don't get abducted by an alien. Or do. (laughs) (laughs) What? regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook